Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Yeah, let's do this. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. We are the Illini Guys. Show number 52 is on the air, and it's another good one. Lots to talk about as the Illini football team holds its first scrimmage, and Illini basketball takes a break after summer workouts. We'll hear from Coach Underwood. And a wild week on the recruiting front as well, so a lot of ground to cover this week. But, guys, I know I jump, I skip right past the number 52. That's, 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 that's pretty cool, isn't it? That's a lot. That's a long time. That's like a whole year. <laughs> yes. Yes. A full year with Brad and me together and no one has died yet. <laughs> it's, it's scary. It's scary. That's, just, that's right. Just, it shows my, my, my ability to keep the two of you apart for an entire, for an entire yes. year. That's what that, uh, that comes down to. So. On, on task. On that's task. Right. That might be right. even harder. That's right. Kind of. Guys going. That's right. Exactly. Semi. Oh, 52 weeks. And we appreciate everyone being uh, there for all of that. Uh, I mean, again, a lot of ground uh, to cover this week. Hey, guys, let's start with the Big Ten Media Days that we've been talking about quite a bit. Big Ten Media Deals, I should say. Some excellent reporting this week from John Oran of the Sports Business Journal as we began to get some deals on how this billion-dollar-plus arrangement media rights deal is going to play out for the Big Ten. It appears a future schedule will look like this. For starters, noon Eastern time game on Fox. It's where it's been right now. 3.30 p.m. Eastern game on CBS, replacing the SEC game of the week, and then a, a primetime game on NBC. I mean, in a word, wow. It's big time. I mean, it's it's huge dollars. It, it's great. It's a huge amount of money. Uh, almost, a you know, it's going to be 90 to $100 million per university per year <laughs> thrown into their coffers. I mean, it's it's really changed the way it works. I mean, that there's no that's why uh, that's why teams like USC and UCLA want to get in on it, and, and they do bring something. Don't get me wrong; they bring the LA market, but at the same time, they want to get in on it because they're going to make sixty or seventy million dollars more than they would have gotten in the Pac-12. So this is this is why people want to be in it. It's a changing nature of college football, and the Big Ten is is positioned to be in an, in a great spot um, going forward. Yeah, this is this is a TV deal of phenomenal proportions. You know, somebody can literally watch, you know, Big Ten all day long. They will love it, but it'll be on a much larger scale. The access to the conference across the whole country when you're going with Fox and NBC, CBS is just going to be incredible. And then the thing that I am really impressed by is they have escalator clauses written into the contract so that if they bring more schools on, they know exactly what the schools will be worth and what they will be able to generate from a revenue standpoint. So it's kind of like saying to the SEC, um, we're going to be here and you can counter move. We're ready to go. Well, and I think that's a really smart move to do that, because even though right now it appears the Big Ten is going to stay put for the moment, that doesn't mean that more change isn't on the horizon. Obviously they would love to get Notre Dame. Um, anyone would love to get North Carolina right now. It appears the reporting is they've cooled on the other PAC 10 schools, PAC 12 schools. Uh, but again, I, I go back to this, that if you're Stanford or if you're Oregon or you're Washington, um, 
right now the the news is the reporting is you're only going to get about 24 million per school so let's say the big 10 says well we'll take you but you only get half a share well that's about 45 50 million dollars you'll take that in a heartbeat because that's still double almost what you're you'd make if you stay put yeah i think that's the negotiation right now when they say they're not interested in those schools i think that's a negotiating ploy i mean that's what they're doing i mean you don't you know you, you don't tell them the the candidate you know trying to get a great you know, package your money, you know, you don't say, Hey, we're just going to give you this. Is how much I have this most I can give you. No, you start out low and then you build up and that, that's what they're doing here. It's negotiations. Um, they're going to, they're going to add some teams. I don't see them sitting pat at 16. They're going to add some teams. And obviously there are some that are higher priority than others, but you can't tell me that they're not going to add somebody on the West coast for USC and UCLA to play. Like they don't, they don't want to have to, you know, they're not going to fly to Rutgers every, every week, you know? So this is, they're going to add teams on the West coast, you know, especially for some of the minor sports, it's really important that they do that um, to, to make it easier for transportation and for them to have divisions and things like that. Yeah. Half a share is still significantly more than what the PAC 10 would have brought in or PAC 12 would have brought in. That is amazing. Um, personally, I, I would, I would be looking at, you know, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and then I got to decide, you know, do you want Cal Berkeley for the academics or do you want to maybe go to Colorado? So you got a little waypoint game for people, but, but either way, the options are wide open for the big 10. And of course you've got Notre Dame. And I still think if I'm looking at anybody, I'm talking under the table to Texas A&M and and seeing what they want to do because they spent their whole lives being behind texas and then get away from texas and then boom texas pops up again so the big ten it appears again saturation on saturdays fox cbs nbc it appears in that order there's also talk of maybe amazon coming in friday night with some kind of package the one entity not being talked about here is espn Uh, the one report i saw was it was a seven-year, $380 million that they said, we, we can't afford that. Um, and so you're, it appears this would be the last year that Big Ten will be on ESPN the first time in 40 years. And the first time since 1966, the Big Ten won't be on ABC. Um, you talk about a major shift. It's not just in conferences and the, and the realignment of conferences. It's in even the, where you view and where you take in and where you consume uh, this product on the field and on the court. Yeah. And you look at this, it's going to be different. You're going to have different announcers. And so let's, what are these announcers going to do? Some of these announcers have signed like long-term deals to cover college football or it's cover the big 10 conference. Well, they're going to not be with that network's not going to have that anymore. So it's weird. It's going to be interesting to see. We're not going to get the same people we've always had. Now there's also going to be football games on the big 10 network and be basketball games on all these channels. And I, this is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I think it's more exposure for the conference, more options, more places to see Big Ten football, basketball, whatever it is. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and you've got some some marquee matchups here that, that people don't get to see on a regular basis when you bring in USC and you bring in UCLA. And then those type of marquee matchups are what the Big Ten's also looking to potentially create if they bring in additional teams, you know, like, like we've been talking about. So it's amazing the programming that they're going to have. Can you imagine Big Ten Game of the Week, USC and UCLA? You know? <laughs> exactly. Wait, what? what, what yeah, or, or, 
UCLA and North Carolina in the Big Ten game of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But to your point, it's going to make, I mean, in my opinion, it brings the, the, if you do add more Pac-12 teams, I think we all agree that that's going to happen eventually. It makes those teams more relevant. As we've talked about, you know, my experiences years ago with CNN, um, again, this is, this is, you know, before streaming and all of that, but at any given time, the West coast was only 15% of our audience. Um, and, and, and so while you care, because we do care, um, it brings those programs into the mainstream. So just like we've talked about, and we're going to hear from Brett Bielema in a minute about recruiting in California, how important that is. Well, now California also can come recruit East. I mean, it kind of works both ways. So, uh, lots to talk about here, the big 10 media deal. And we'll be talking about that for quite a while. And again, the ever changing landscape. It is history, my friends, we are witnessing right now. Up next, Brett Bielema's reaction to the team's first scrimmage earlier this week. We'll get the guys' thoughts and bring in Matt Stevens for some analysis as well here on the Sports Spectacular. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows or door, worn out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today. 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions. 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000. HX Home Solutions. The Illini season opener is in two weeks. The Wyoming Cowboys in town. 3 p.m. kickoff on Big Ten Network. But guess who will be in Range Grove before the game? That's right. The Illini guys stop in our tent, say hello, and get a special gift just for you. Just for just for being there. Uh, be sure to be there. Orange uh, and blue day. It's going to be a lot of fun in Range Grove uh, right before the orange and blue take the field versus Wyoming on uh, August 27th. Uh, okay, you know, earlier this week, the Illini conducted their first scrimmage of the preseason camp. Brett Bielema giving his thoughts and more on that. Let's listen in, and we'll talk about it on the other side. The game feel of it was really, really good. Um, obviously, we'd love to come out of it healthy. And then, really, we're not really game planning per se. We will get into game planning. We've already done prep on, on uh, uh, Wyoming and Indiana. We'll get a little bit more specific as we get closer. But this week, I called it personnel planning. We really got to find out who our roster is. Who do we see and project, and then that kind of carries it over. Could you mention that your last two practice camp practices were sort of like what you do on a Thursday and a Friday of a game week, and this was maybe the simulation of the game. Was that what do you like about maybe doing that now? Yeah. Um, well, I think the more you can train players to follow routines, right? Like we play normally on Saturdays, but this week we have this year we have a Thursday and a Friday game, um, and it really goes back to unfortunately we haven't been able to go to one yet, but bowl preparation even when. All the bowl games I've ever played, you want that culmination to that day 
to be like it's a Saturday game day because our kids understand the work week. Like a normal work week, we come in and put the game to rest on Sunday, have a little introduction to our opponent. Monday we have off. Tuesday is early downs, uh, a little bit of introduction in a, in a, a situation of football. Wednesday is third downs red area. Uh, I'm sorry, Wednesday is third down red area. And Thursdays is kind of a, uh, a come, just everything kind of come together into the flow of a game, special teams, offense, defense. And then Friday we have a day of walk and then Saturday we play. So because I knew we were scrimmaging on a Monday, uh, if you just go backwards, uh, Sunday was like a Friday. We had a day off yesterday. We met with them for two hours, did some walkthroughs, but we wanted to have them have time. Uh, Saturday and Friday were like a, a Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Saturday was like a Thursday. And then Friday and Thursday were like a Tuesday, Wednesday. And actually the first guy to catch on to that was Luke Ford because uh, I said Saturday night's lift was a Saturday, uh, uh, even though it was a Saturday, it was a Thursday night lift. And Luke uh, caught on to that on Thursday. And he said, well, that means, that means Friday is a, is, a, is a Wednesday and today's a Tuesday. I said, absolutely, Luke. Um, so we're making baby steps, but, but that's how they, it just makes them understand the week a little bit better. And everything you said about the secondary today in the scrimmage, is it as simple as maybe just plugging Sid back in there? I wouldn't be overly concerned. I'm just saying that like sometimes right. it's good to, you know, all of us had to touch the hot stove first. We had sure. to fall off our bikes. And, and um, as we kind of go this thing, um, uh, I think we have to experience a little adversity, you know, um, you know, I, I said this the other day, Tommy, uh, we, we had a scenario the other day where, where uh, we had a wide open receiver and didn't hit it. And I'd much rather learn that, that, that moment in practice than I would in a game situation. Is so, the positive about being able to hold Sid back a little bit, just you get a Matthew Bailey to emerge and you get some other yeah. guys to be able to show you what they can do? Yeah, Sid actually passed all the things today, so I sure. think we'll get him back sooner or later. But for sure, Matt Bailey um, and, and other guys, we've been able to move some guys around. And, and also really stresses I think Kendall and Quan sure. that, that without Sydney in there they got to step up a little bit and uh, Matt Bailey made a day on a tall sweep that was pretty special. What's typical of the first scrimmage? Is the defense ahead of the offense or the other way around? Or? Um, I think everybody always says the defense is ahead but I, I don't think that was the case today. I'd say it was especially move the ball segments um, maybe some critical moments. Uh, Tip Ryman had a nice catch today in the red area that I think really kind of captivates what I think he can he can do in a passing game uh, there was a lot of positives, uh, some good things in the kicking game. So, um, you know, I haven't got a chance to watch the film, but I was just processing it as we saw it. Coach, you're Were you been... tackling to the ground today? How, mm -hmm. how, would, you, how would you say the You know, we didn't have a lot of missed was. tackles. Um, I thought our running backs ran hard, so we had some drive-through. Now, we don't allow uh, low blocks or cut tackles, and these, you know, so we play Illinois versus Illinois. So uh, I don't let the Illinois cut block and uh, the offense cut block, and I don't let the defense cut tackle, which, you know, some of these big boys uh, – uh, come rolling at you, you know, you got Luke Ford or Tip Ryman coming on a flat against a corner. It's kind of hard for them not to go low, uh, but that's what we ask them to do to stay a little bit injury prevention. Coach, you've emphasized since you got here, recurring mistakes. Yeah. How important we take that more internally and recurring in the area? Yeah. You've got some guys, yeah. you know, guys, you guys, how important is that to you, even more so than beyond the state then? Yeah, I, well, I think it's one thing to recruit them, but they got to be good players, right? Okay. And, right. and I think. You, know, you look at Danville and, and you know Caleb and, and uh, JP were here before me, but I think Julian Pearl is is set to become something bigger than what he's known. Right, okay. the only person letting uh, or the only person holding JP back is Julian Pearl. Right, and and uh, Caleb hit some really nice kicks today. I think kicking is always a little bit hard to get in a routine. He's got a new coach. It's you know in his ear, and, and we're trying to stress him. And uh, I thought there's a lot of positives, but uh, a, a kid that was incredible again today. Uh, you, you look at a guy, Hank Beatty, who. Literally, I think if he wasn't one of my first offers, he was near the top and okay. um, wasn't necessarily first commit, but I kind of knew where that was going. And, uh, you know, the, the, the way his high school coaches uh, talked about him and uh, the way his competitors talked about him. And, 
you know, these small-time kids, sometimes they come in and it gets big on them because they haven't been in that environment. Hank Beatty's just out there playing football. Like, you could put him out there with the Bears, uh, with us, uh, go back to Rochester. He's going to do the same thing every day just because he loves the game and that's how he plays. How about Bryce Barnes? Bryce is, you know, probably, in my opinion, been one of the most dynamic changes since the spring. He had a big spring uh, in the winter when he got a lot bigger, but then in the spring he lightened up a little bit. He's about 285 now, looks really good. Unfortunately, uh, our prayers are with him. He's actually, you know, hustling out of here tomorrow um, to uh, one of his grandparents passed. Oh, so he's been kind of dealing with that. And just his maturity, he came in. I said, listen, Bryce, the only thing that's important is you and, and what you got to do. And he just he just handles that moment uh, so, so much. I mean, he was very emotional, very taken back. But I think it just shows the maturity that that young man has. Go one more. Yeah. Uh, UCLA, USC going to be in Big Ten in two years. Yeah. How does it change how you recruit California? You know, Bob, it's probably, uh, I think that the initial wave of like, there's going to be that natural open door, like everybody's going to say. Uh, and I know one of the first conversations I had with, with Howard and Josh, we have one of the largest living alumni bases in California. And, you know, Andy Boo is the only coach that I have that really has kind of had an extensive amount of experience out there on the West yeah. Coast. Now, uh, Ryan, you know, has coached out there and recruited out there. Yeah. Other coaches have been in the hodgepodge. Um, I think because of the ability to have two, two teams out there and who knows where it's going to end in right. the next two years, I think it's definitely something we'll explore into. Now, the only thing is our 23 class is kind of, we're going to ebb and flow, right? Had some great news on Saturday, right? There's going to be, there's going to be a little bit of give and take as this thing unfolds. But our class for 23 is pretty full. Pretty full. The, the rest will probably be out of the portal world. Um, not saying we won't, but I mean, it's, 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 you know, to say you're going to get 10 more guys in this class is not real but I could see three or four. One thing we've seen from, although though you want to recruit in state, uh, we've, we've seen on the basketball side that just because you don't get an in-state guy or don't get this guy, you can go out and find quality players elsewhere. And I, I think that's what Bielema is going to do as well. Just like Underwood, it's not going to be, you know, we, we get a no here. We're going to find a, somebody who's going to say yes, who can help our team. And whether that's in California, whether wherever that's at, I think you're seeing him. He, he, he doesn't panic. He just goes and gets the next guy. And I, I think that's what you want from your coach. Yeah. And I think Bielema has to find somebody who really buys into his vision and buys into the coaching staff here. Because unlike Ohio State or Michigan, the Illini coaches don't have 30 years of wins to sell. They've got to they've got to talk about how we can make you a better player and how you're going to love the University of Illinois. Two very good points, but they don't have the wins, and they have, and that's why this season is so critical is to start building what those other coaches have struggled to do since the 1992 or 93. Yeah, you've got to show progress. Just like we've talked, we've talked about basketball, how Brad Underwood, and we're going to talk more about this later in the show, um, in terms of where this program was, where he took took over, where he is right now, and then where does it go from here? Same in football. I mean, you okay, so you got five wins first year. Listen, that's great for Illinois football, okay? Like you already rank like in the you know the top six, you know, like in the last yeah. 30 years. But now you've got to take it to the next point. If you can get to a bowl game this year with a roster that still really isn't your roster yet, that just, again, speaks for what you can try to get to. As he talked about recruiting those kids and you begin to dig into the California kids and make those inroads here, the class of 2024, you mentioned 23 is pretty much done, um, but you begin moving forward and, 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 and make those plans in terms of what your roster looks like and developing to get into that next level, that next tier of uh, in the Big Ten as well as in college football. 
coach. I mean, people want to play for a winner. Nobody wants to go out there and, and lose. Like they, they don't say, well, I really want to go to this losing program. That'll be fun. I mean, so it, they have, the, you got to win. They get to a bowl game, get some national notoriety. You got to kind of get on the map. Bielema is a guy who obviously is very good with the media. He's got a good history of winning in the Big Ten. He starts winning, recruiting will pick up, and it'll be more national, and they'll be able to sell that. Yeah, I think it's really important to note what a competent staff he has because I think he realized he's not going to be able to turn on the spigot and get the same type of kids he was getting at Wisconsin or even at Arkansas. So that means that you've got to have uh, – really good eye for talent. And then when they get here, you have to develop them. And I think putting together a, a staff that he's put together with the help of uh, Josh Whitman, I think is really going to be critical. Well, and to your point, Illinois football doesn't have the history that even Arkansas, which is not, doesn't have a tremendous yeah. f- football history, but it's been better what Illinois has been. And certainly again, Wisconsin took o- takes over for Barry Alvarez uh, and so, again, there's a great advantage that he had there that he doesn't have here. I mean, he knew when he got here in December 2020, this was scorched earth and you're starting from scratch. And so, again, he's still laying those uh, foundation blocks here for the Illinois program. A quick timeout and then more on the scrimmage that happened this past week. Matt Stevens, football writer and analyst for IlliniGuys.com, joins us next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys radio network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. This segment presented by the good people at Busey Bank. Talking a lot of football still, and that means we sent out the bat signal for Matt Stevens, football writer and analyst for IlliniGuys.com, who has had, I, I think, one day off the last three weeks. This guy is burning the midnight oil, and we are so thankful for it. Just the season, I guess, right? Matt, uh, good to have you with us. Uh, you heard Coach Bielema just before the break. Let's start with your overall thoughts on the scrimmage and how camp is going so far. Well, I got to watch the two-hour Saturday practice, and then they, they, they scrimmage on Monday. Um, and I, the first thought, guys, is that the quarterback deal is over. Tommy DeVito is going to start the opener, and I believe he, if healthy, is going to probably take every snap. Um, I think he's looking very, very good with what they want to do offensively. Uh, and, and that is unique, in a sense, because this is a new Barry Lenny offense, but it's not go, go, go. It's... 50% under center, 50% from the gun. We're going to, you know, I, I got a story coming out, you know, this week that Jerry Loney used to be a pitcher 
and change of change of speed. And Brad, you can appreciate this as a softball guy, like change of speed kind of matters too, just as a matter of velocity, constant velocity. And I think that Illinois is going to change the pace. They get to dictate the pace on offense. Barry Lunny was not happy when I talked to him on Wednesday about, you know, the, his impression of the scrimmage because he was not happy with the pace. He was asked about it. What did you think of it? He says, no, I was, I was not thrilled. And so the idea is, is I, I, I don't think they want to go, go, go like Oregon, Chip Kelly all the time. You know, they, they want to change the pace, but they're, he's not happy with the way that that's rolling out right now. Um, defensively, I think that they're pretty solid. I think that they, they have, first of all, their starting 11 is, is pretty much set the way they want it, barring, you know, Calvin Avery having an injury or somebody else jumping him on the nose tackle position. And then I, I think offensively, there's still a lot of question marks, but um, I, the running game is really, really impressive. And I saw it in full pads on Saturday in that two-hour practice. And um, Chase, Chase Brown was actually active for it, and he even looks better than he did last year. So there are a lot of elements that I got to see, a lot of rotational pieces that I got to see, and, and I'm happy that I did because I think that they're, they're about 95% installed with what they want to do on August 27th. Now it's just about fine-tuning the fundamentals. Is it fair to say, Matt, that this defense, you know, was which was very good last year, is, is better this year um, than, than they were a year ago? If you can get this, a similar uh, workload and production, Brad, out of the outside linebackers that you got with Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay, especially in the last half of the year, I would agree with that. Um, the problem is, is that that's a new set of pieces. You know what you got out of Seth Coleman because you saw flashes of it last year when he actually started over Isaiah Gay. But that's the – that is one of the two questions that I have on this defense um, and outside linebacker as to who's going to be able to play that, who's going to be able to go get the quarterback. I think Seth Coleman is primed to have a big year, but he's got to go do it. And he's got to do it for 13 games, which he did not do last year, but I think he's primed to do it. The other one is the other outside linebacker position is kind of Ezekiel Holmes and Alec Bryant kind of battling for that. Um, we'll see if they can be as effective as an Isaiah Gay. And if that, that's, that's possible, then, yeah, I agree with that. The other thing is nose tackle. I think a lot of people underestimated how much production you got out of Rod Perry the last two years. If you get a similar kind of deal with that out of Calvin Avery or a, uh, you know, Rashad Wilkins, the transfer from Vanderbilt, or a Virtus Brown or a T. Rye Edwards when he finally gets healthy, then you've got something there. But somebody's got to step up at that nose tackle position in that three-man front. So I've had some people ask me, you know, where does Tommy DeVito stack up in terms of Big Ten quarterback? I'm not asking you to tell me if he's seventh or ninth. Sure. But where do you generally slot him? Here's the way I'll answer that. If Tommy's good, Illinois should win a majority of their football games that are on their schedule this year. If he's good and he's healthy. And what I mean by that is, is that he seems to understand and have the athleticism that Barry Lunny wants to have with this offense, especially with how they want to get the quarterback out on the perimeter and how they want him to kind of avoid sacks because you've got some pieces on that offensive line that still need to be figured out, especially at guard. Um, again, if Tommy isn't turning the ball over, getting sacked or making mistakes, mental mistakes, I think Illinois should be able to, you know, move the ball and score points against the teams that are on their a majority of the teams that are on their schedule. Um, I don't know if you could say that last year about the offensive coordinator and or the quarterback position at Illinois in 2021. Brett Bielham had made a change in both of those that hopefully solves that problem for 2022. Well, and, and not to stick 
you know, spend too much time on the quarterbacks, but I think you're exactly right that look when Illinois had third and long last year, I mean, you're looking to see where the punter was in the sideline. I mean, exactly. it, it just, it just, it just wasn't happening unless you got lucky and got a, and got a big run. It feels like if at the very least, you'll at least have a, a fair balance the way most college programs have in terms of your, your run pass. Bielema is always going to be a running coach. There's no question, but to your point, if you now have a quarterback and we, you know, look at, we discussed this every week last week, if you've got a quarterback who can make the eight yard out or can go deep once in a while, the entire, the entire team, the entire season changes. There's a confidence level and there's a moxie and there's a, I've done this before attitude out of Tommy DeVito. And I don't know where it went with Brandon Peters because quite frankly, BP did it in 2019. I've made this point on our boards at IlliniGuys.com. If you handed Barry Lunny and Brett Bielema, Brandon Peters' 2019 season in which Illinois went to a bowl game and played California in San Francisco in that bowl game for, for in Lovey Smith's only bowl season at Illinois. If you handed him that quarterback number out of Tommy DeVito and or Art Sitkowski, however you get there in a 12-game season, they would take it in a heartbeat right now. Um, and so I think that's the baseline of what you're shooting for. And I think Tommy DeVito can get you there. And the question about Tommy is – you know, is he going to be accurate in the sense of is he going to take too many chances and maybe throw it to the other team? And two, can he stay healthy? Because that has been a huge problem for Tommy DeVito. It was at Syracuse. And I know that with three new offensive linemen and starters um, on this 2022 Illinois football team, that's still a major question. I think that gets alleviated a little bit because they feel really, really good about Art Sikowski being able to back him up and be a quality backup if and when that that. Tommy has to go down or they have to make that change. Yeah. I'm just looking for Russell Wilson type numbers. Nothing, nothing great. You know, just, you know, 73% completion percentage, 33 touchdowns, four picks. I mean, that's all I'm looking for. Nothing major. No, Uh, but it does show that quarterbacks can be effective here, right? Quarterbacks can be effective in this this offense. Yeah. Sturdy. I I think Bielema would be the first one to tell you that that was a grand slam home run transfer portal hit when he hit that. And Tom O'Brien refused to let Russell Wilson play both baseball, minor league baseball and football. And Brett Bielema was able to take him to a Rose bowl. Like that was, that's, that's the grand slam home run that you're hoping for on that one. If you're hoping for Russell Wilson type numbers, go big or go home, man. Exactly. Yeah. So, so which of the current transfers would fall into the Russell Wilson category? (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, I I mean, uh, that was more sarcastic. No, I know it's it's sarcastic. And and you know what, unless until Brett Bielema brings a gun, to the you know to the gun he's bringing a knife to a gunfight in terms of what he's able to do in the transfer portal right now and I'll, I'll just leave it like that so I think that you're trying to plug holes depth wise with what you're doing in the transfer portal right now like a T-Rod Edwards like a Jonah Morris um you know like an Isaac Dark Angelo who's going to be a really integral piece at linebacker inside linebacker he's number three on the depth chart behind two really quality starters there but you're just kind of plugging holes right now um, and so Rashad Wilkins is somebody I think can really, really help at nose tackle. Um, they, he's done it before at Vanderbilt, but there's not a home run that Illinois hit in the transfer portal right now that, that can really make a huge amount of difference. Alec Bryant is somebody that they got last year in fall camp out of Virginia tech mm-hmm. um, has never played a college football game yet to my knowledge, but I think, or at least he hasn't played more than one. Um, 
before he transferred from Virginia Tech. But I, they, they think big, Kevin Kane thinks a whole heck of a lot of him at outside linebacker. So, but there's not a, you know, you know, uh, Caleb Williams coming to Illinois anytime soon. That's going to, that's going to make a huge home grand slam home run type of difference. Not out of the portal yet. He is Matt Stevens of the Illini guys. Matt is always uh, great stuff. We'll talk with you next week. Not a problem. See you guys. All right. We'll check out Matt's stuff on the website's front page uh, right now at IlliniGuys.com. He is the football analyst and writer for Illini Guys. Be sure to check it out as we wrap up this segment presented by Busey Bank. More to come. This is the Sports Spectacular powered by IlliniGuys.com. This is Jeff Alexander, assistant basketball coach for the Fighting Illini. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. It's a sports spectacular powered by IlliniGuys.com. We are all over the state, all over the Midwest, six different states. You can hear us in, and we welcome all of you, regardless if you're in the land of Abe or outside. We say hello and welcome. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. Uh, yeah, some of the things to talk about this week. Um, boy, the, the big bombshell. Um, and let's face it, it, it's about time. She's, she's ageless. She's almost like you know the Tom Brady of uh, women's tennis, Serena Williams. Finally saying, hey, I don't like the word retirement, but it's time to step down. And it appears that the U.S. Open and uh, Flushing Meadow later on uh, this month will be her her swan song. Um, she's a legend. She's one of the goats, if not the greatest ever. Yeah, I mean, Mike is the goat of eating pizza and Serena is the goat of women's tennis. And maybe, maybe, you know, she's probably the greatest female athlete. I know some people say she's greatest athlete. We can get into semantics, whatever, but she's great. I mean, she is elite. She's the best women's tennis player of all time. I, I have nothing negative to say about her talent and her career. I mean, just it's it was one of those things where she was a person who made you, you know, she was that person who made you want tune in. You know what I mean? You watched because Serena's playing for another title or Sabrina's got a chance to win another major. You, you tuned in, I'm sure. And I'm sure the U.S. Open ratings when she plays this year are going to be, you know, through the roof. This is because this is it. Right. Yeah. And if I had any one tennis game that I could watch. Uh, men or women's I think I would you know if I could magically make it happen it'd be Martina against Serena to me that would be the greatest tennis matchup that you could ever see and and you know but you know sounds like she's got a lot of other things stacked up in her life and and I think she's going to prove to a lot of people that going into the real world is just the next step and she'll probably attack whatever business ventures she has with that same intensity that she did tennis. Mike, I think Martina, Martina would lose now because she's like 65. So it'd be hard I said magically get them in their prime. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. In their prime. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I, to me, that's, that's more intriguing than any, um, because they, they dominate, they each dominated so much that hey, I just hey, think it'd be fascinating. Throw, let's have a little tournament. We'll throw Steffi Graf in there too. She wasn't yeah. too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Until, yeah. So. Until the knife. You're right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. So let's put Steffi in there. You know, we've seen Serena do a lot in terms of with uh, Madison Avenue and more, uh, in the marketing that end of her career. And so you're right with her husband. I mean, he's the guy with Reddit, you know, he's, you know, I mean, they both have a gazillion dollars. They're like, they are like the Tom Brady and Giselle of, of tennis, right? I mean, both make, you know, millions, yep. millions of dollars. Um, but it's gonna be exciting to see. I remember, still remember Serena facing Venus in the U.S. Open Championship way back in yep. the early 2000s. I mean, it was forever. she was like 15 years old and she wins. And it was like, she can't be better than Venus, can she? Well, yeah, yeah, she can. Yes, and, um, yes certain, she can. 
we're going to miss her in the sports world, but you're right. Stay tuned. She says, this is an evolution, not a, not a retirement. So I think she can do anything she sets her mind to. Um, another story this week video that went viral was the sportsmanship in the little league uh, baseball game with the kid that was plunked in the head with a, with the pitch uh, at the plate uh, go, takes his uh, goes to first base, sees the pitchers kind of struggling with it, goes up, gives him a hug. And uh, of course it went viral. Uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, Uh-oh. Uh, so here's my thing. And I, I'm not, I'm not like uh, crazy. I, I'm not crazy about that in the middle of the game. Post game, I get it. Like, and I, I tip your hat, you know, what they do in Japan, right? They tip their hat and say, hey, you know, it's okay. You know, I'm not saying you want to, you know, be, you know, I, he felt bad. I, I get it. But at the same time, that's just, that's part of the game. They understand that. I know it's Little League, but it's also, they're playing for a trip to go to Williamsport, right? This is it. Like, I mean, this is like a life, this is like a lifelong dream. And, and I guess you went viral, so maybe it's cool in that regard. But I, I, I'm just more of a, like, you're in the heat of the moment. After the game, it's like, hey, we'll have a hug and we'll say, I'm like a hockey guy. After the series, we beat each other up. And then after the series, you know, we shake hands, show respect. But yeah, I just thought it was a little too much. I mean, I, uh, yeah, just me. Yeah, I, it's, it's scary. But, and I always, I never had the talent that a lot of the guys that I was friends with had. So I had to have more intensity. So if somebody throws a ball at my head, my first move is going to be to go to the pitcher's mound, but probably not to hug. Um, and and I can honestly tell you, I would not have handled it with the class that 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 young man did. And and kudos to him because that soon after getting getting plunked in the head, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have come down yet to the point where I could be nice right then and there. And I'll add, I'll add. As a guy who has, this is a true story. So a couple of stories. I once hit a guy in the ear hole and knocked him unconscious, knocked him out. And I once hit a guy in, a, a, in the forearm and broke his arm with a pitch. So I've done both those things. So, and I felt like it wasn't like I, I was totally remorseful. Like, I mean, I felt terrible because it wasn't intentional. I wasn't trying to hit him. But at the same time, I'm like, after the game, I went up to him. But the next guy was still coming to bat. So you got to move on until that game's over. And, you know, it's just, that's just my kind of, so I've kind of been in a little bit of that situation. So, And that was the longest game of my life. I'll have, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Mike still has the bump, whereas his arm never, his arm never, ever came back around. I have, and, little, I have, you know, I have a little T-Rex arm. Exactly. It's part of it. It's part of his many issues. He, <laughs> reaching for pizza. He's got to use his right arm, not his left. Cause his, his, his left has got some trouble. I, I I'll be, I'll be honest. And we got to hit a break here. I, my feeling was that in an era where we are so quick to jump on everything and be negative and point fingers and yell before we have a full understanding. I, I, it was refreshing for once that didn't happen. I mean, it's just, I mean, you're probably 10 years ago. I feel the way you guys do, but boy, right now. Well, how's that kid going to fit into life? Well, <laughs> being so he's too nice. He's way too nice. What is this? This person's a nice human being. How is they're he going to They're never the going to hire him. They're going to go back to that video. We can't hire you. You're too nice. You're way yeah, too that'll nice. come out. It'll be the first time that a, that a video like positive comes out against you in li- later in life. I'm writing this down. August 2022. Mike and Brad agree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to we got to pace. Stay with us. We're back with more. After this. <laughs> hmm.
Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows or door, worn out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. Do you like what you hear? Let the passion of Illini guys promote your business. The sponsors are signing up right now for the upcoming fall season and our ad space is limited. Shoot us an email at info at IlliniGuys.com and find out how easy it is to reach diehard sports fans in 30 key markets in six states. That's info at IlliniGuys.com. This Game Changers segment presented by OSF Healthcare. It's a transitional season this winter for Brad Underwood and the Fighting Illini basketball team. For the first time in four years, there's no Ayo Dusumu or Kofi Coburn on the roster. The 2021 National Player of the Year and NBA draft pick Dusumu and the two-time All-American Coburn took this program from a record number of losses in a season to back-to-back Big Ten championships the last two years in the tournament and then regular season. The talent on this roster is unquestionable. It's through the roof. But how will it all come together? Where here's Underwood talking about how the summer session went. Fletch feels like we had a great summer. I took I take tremendous confidence in his his opinion and and, and how he feels about uh, our goings on uh, from that side of things. Uh, he thinks we made strides where we needed to make them. He thinks our returners got better. RJ was two ten uh, the other day, which is the first time he's hit that that mark. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of work, a lot of credit credit goes to you know Fletch and Palmer uh, for their job, not just in the weight room, but uh, on the nu- nutrition side. And uh, you know, to get RJ from you're talking 100 180 pounds when he got here to 210 now, uh, they eat every meal with them. Uh, so it's it's a big piece of of, of the development of our student athletes and, and to reach those milestones is, is really something that's great. And, you know, we saw Dane Deja uh, under 260. Uh, Dane's had a terrific summer. Uh, he's gone the other way in terms of weight loss. Uh, he's built his stamina. He's been running stadium steps. Uh, every morning he's, he's, he's been um, uh, putting himself in, in position to be in elite shape uh, when the season starts. And, and it's a lot of hard work to do that. How are you able to bring Sky along from a basketball standpoint as he worked over the last 12 weeks to get cleared medically? Yeah, he was able to do individual stuff. And and now it's just a matter of, of uh, you know, he would do possessions. Uh, you know, he couldn't go full bore all the time. And, uh, you know, so he hasn't missed a ton. He's missed the conditioning piece of the continual running. and. Uh, now that he's cleared for that, uh, we did a good amount of that the last two days in our workouts when he was cleared, and, and um, he's looked terrific. So, you know, his um, his conditioning, that'll be the one thing that he'll, you know, he'll have to go. He's missed a year of playing, and, and, and just that that feeling you get of being fatigued and having to push through it, and, and uh, uh, he's always been stopped because he's never been able to get to that point. But uh, the leg itself is, is 100%. We saw some of that bounce 
uh, and quickness and explosion in these last two days, and, and that's exciting to see. You've often talked about how it, the time it takes to build defensive comfort with each other and communication. What buy-in have you seen from the freshmen on that, or is that something you have to really sell to them? No, it's um, the hardest part on the defensive side is getting guys to communicate. You know, we have a saying, quiet teams lose, and, and uh, freshmen are undecisive, they're indecisive in, in sometimes what to say. And so the communication piece of it is just helping them understand what to say. Uh, this is a willing group on the defensive side. Uh, Sincere, Ty Rogers, uh, those guys have um, uh, take so much pride. Jaden Epps, great pride in, in, in what they do on that side of things. And, and we talk about it. That's the difference between playing and not playing a lot is, is, is what you do on the defensive side. So um, they've all three been, and, and again, Sky will be that once he's once he's in those things now, but uh, uh, I take a lot of uh, a lot of comfort knowing those guys are willing to, to, to work on that end. They know they, they've got to do that to play. Brad, Sky has been pretty open and adamant in the videos you guys have put out about his hesitancy about the leg throughout this whole deal. It's one thing to be healthy; it's another thing to be back. How how you kind of try to try to guide him through that? The biggest piece is knowing that he's healthy. Okay. And and um, you know I think we've seen uh, a freed up, and I say that from a mental side. We've seen Sky freed up the last two days, just knowing okay, tested out. His leg is actually stronger than the other one. Uh, the doctor said you're good, and there's a tremendous comfort in that. And and until you hear that, you're always a little bit um, cautious. And and now it's just a matter of him playing. And, uh, but we've, we've seen that the last two days. He's not guarded. He's, uh, and people think with an ACL, it's just running and jumping. It's actually stopping and turning and, piv and pivoting. And uh, those things were, you know, you come off a ball screen and you gotta, you gotta pivot on that foot to turn and shoot a jump shot. And what we saw him pop up yesterday and, and shoot two and elevate, and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was the sky I saw two years ago. And uh, so it's it's great to see that. Obviously, they're they're very excited about the the way this team is. They can do a lot of lot different lot of different things. They're very versatile. They've got length. They've got athleticism that they maybe didn't have before. And and I think one thing that he mentioned, you know, you don't have the size of a Kofi Coburn, but you have much more positional size and positional height when you look at things. You've got six. You might have a six six or six seven shooting guard. You might have a, you know, instead of having a 6'3 power forward, you might have a 6'10 power forward and, and so forth. So although you don't have the big guy in the middle who kind of gives you that that baseline, you've got more options. And, and they've got a lot of depth, a lot of athleticism. They're quicker. They can get up and down. Um, they've got a lot of guys who can shoot the ball. It's, it's going to be a fun team. Once they click, once they figure it out, they're going to be really good. Now, when will that happen? November, December, January? I, I'm not sure. I can't tell you yet. With all the athletes on the team and the fact that the defense is usually ahead of the offense when you're when you've got a lot of new players, I imagine practice could be pretty ragged with uh, these really good defenders and guys trying to instead of running an offense, they're just trying to make sure they get from spot X on the court 
to spot Y on the court while somebody else is trying to figure out where exactly am I supposed to pass them the ball? Meanwhile, Ty, Ra- Ty Rogers has just gotten three steals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this team develops and how the fans react. I mean, Brad, would you agree this is a team right now that, I mean, could be, you know, could lose a couple of early season games. They've got some big tests. I mean, the, the Vegas games, I mean, yeah, those, those are really tough. You, you could go to Vegas and possibly go 0 and 2 and still be a really good team. Yeah, there's no question. I, I think that happens. You've got a team that's, they're pretty young, a lot of newcomers. The other thing is you, you, the young guys have to figure out what they can and can't do in a game. Um, um, and, and because it's different, I mean, it's just, you can't do the same things. They take away what you do well. So if you do something well, they're going to make you do something else. And so none of these guys have really been a focal point, either of an offense, like in, even Meyer and Shannon, they've never been the, the guy, you know, like Iowa was or like Kofi was. So there's going to be some, there's going to be some transition there. Now, one thing I'll, I'll end with the one thing I want to say about summer though, everyone was excited because the last three days or four days of the summer week, maybe sky Clark was sky Clark again with the explosion that he had pre-injury with the aggressiveness. So there's a little bit, they kind of went out, left the summer and they were like, Whoa, if he is, because if he is the real deal, they're going to, that's the, that's the key. If he's the real deal, this team, the ceiling gets a lot higher. Wow. Yeah. Because he was ranked, I don't know, somewhere around ninth approximately, and then slid down to 29th approximately, you know. Um, So what Illinois may have gotten is they may have gotten a top 10 player um, under cover of an ACL injury. And uh, you can tell that those those really truly, those top 10 players, those are the guys that that you can put the team on their shoulders and they can carry him. And and Illinois hasn't, you know, I know Io is a great player, but um, we will see just how good Sky Clark is. And 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 maybe Illinois's got another opportunity to get a guy who actually overperforms his ranking yet again. And besides, he knows Spider-Man. Exactly. exactly. That's the most important thing. Yeah. If it, Spider-Man comes swinging down and swats one away, it's perfect, you know? <laughs> yes, I... You know, there's there's really no negative to known Spider Man. No, no. I mean, it really isn't. Yeah. I I'd rather I think I'd rather know Iron Man though, just because he could give me a loan. You know, yeah. I, there I don't, you go. Tony Stark could just give me billions yeah. of dollars. Yeah, yeah. I'm short a hundred grand. Can you float me? Yeah, okay. Sure. Well, you know, there there's plenty of um, Illini uh, alumni who are in Silicon Valley running these huge companies, and any of those individuals could adopt the three of us. Yeah, I'm totally yeah. for it. And, and if you're listening, we're available. So just <laughs> that out. by the way, in you case can you, adopt me anytime you want. That's right. In case you didn't see it, uh, uh, Sky Clark, he tweeted out a picture. He was with Toby McGuire, McGuire wearing his Illinois number 55 jersey, and it got quite a reaction. By the way, it, go to Twitter, look up the picture and look at what Coleman Hawkins at his comment was the funniest ever that's the best part of, of all of that um, hey we've got more on Illini hoops a bit later in the show we'll take a look around the big 10 after a break all along the Illini guys radio network slow down they say you're getting older relax seriously you're on a mission you've got places to go grandkids to see at OSF healthcare we want you to be the best you possible whoever you are 
wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Yeah, the Sports Spectacular continues here. Glad you're with us on this August weekend. Hopefully you're having a good time wherever you are. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. As we promised before the break, we're going to go around the Big Ten just a little bit and uh, get into some of the other storylines. Starting in uh, over in West Lafayette and Purdue, um, kind of a, a big blow to them recently, Brad, in terms of um, a, a top basketball player uh, a decommitting. Um, and I'm not sure we saw this coming. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they lost another, you know, they lost their top recruit, you know, a guard who played for the, you know, Indy, Space Indy um, Heat in the EYBL. He's a, you know, dynamic guard. Um, but it seems like Purdue is is the team that's the, in the Big Ten that's maybe – the furthest behind in the NIL stuff right now. And, and I, I don't know whether they bought completely bought in. And I, I think in this era, I mean, Matt Painter's never been a guy who's going to go out and, you know, go out. He's not a dynamic recruiter in the sense that he's going to go, he picks his guys, right. He's very selective, but at the same time, you also, even those guys that are selective that he finds a diamond in the rough. Now they're, they're going to find at the end of the day, they're going to have a package over here worth X number of dollars it's hard to pass that up, even if you really like the school. So they're going to have to step up their game in the NIL world if they're going to be successful, I think. Yeah, I think they're in. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If, if this is the way it's going to be at the end of the season, does Matt Painter go on to the market? You know, and there's a lot of schools who would love to have a coach of his talent level. And putting a, bit, a healthy NIL program at his beck and call to help recruit would be—I think that would be a scary thing for teams who have to compete with him. Another team that's looking to kind of, uh, well, you know, pick up the pieces and fill some holes is is Tom Izzo. You know, look, Michigan State has has been one of the the top programs in the conference now for for the better part of two decades and then some under Izzo. But a lot of question marks now with some guys um, who left and, and some question marks in terms of who is behind them to, to fill these spots uh, for the veteran coach in East Lansing. Yeah, I think Michigan has – I think there was a lot of concern about Tom Izzo. Um, and, and I think what's happened, though, is that he has answered these concerns with this class of 2023. I, I know one thing that um, we had – that I know Izzo said that, you know, the summer he wants, he wants another shot in their final four, another run. And he's got a 2023 class, um, you know, that uh, four elite, you know, four really good players and one it's elite prospect, five-star kid um, in Xavier Booker. So they've got a really dynamic class. So I think he's trying to turn that page and, and get to that next, you know, next level again, you know, back where they were when they were consistently, you know, it, Izzo went how long, like 15 years where every kid who entered the program made the final four, if they stayed four years, I mean, that's a, that's legendary, right? 
well, it's kind of, it's not the same right now. And so he's trying to get back to that level and he's finally got a class that kind of helps them get maybe back to that level down the road. Yeah. I, I think the athletic talent in that class is pretty amazing. I'm not certain if they have enough outside shooting in that class to elevate them to where he wants to go. But uh, Xavier Booker is one heck of a player. And uh, I like my chances if I can start with a guy like that. But the problem is he may only be there for a year. And then you're trying to get somebody to replace him already. Outstanding player out of uh, Indianapolis. Meanwhile, Ohio State, some of the fans on the IlliniGuys.com message boards were restless this week about their recruiting. I mean, and, and you get it. Chris Holtman has yet to get out of the first weekend in, what, five, six, seven years now in Columbus? Um, and yet they keep uh, bringing in to, uh, top talent. Well, you know, Ohio State is going to recruit well. Every coach who's been at Ohio State has recruited well. At the end of the day, though, most people could care less what Chris Holtman does as long as they're just not bad because it's football. If the football team is bad, they may fire Chris Holtman, though, just because. So it just comes down to that. You know, it's because that's what they care about. So I guess – you know, I, I look at their – they've done a great job recruiting. Um, he does – he brings in some really quality guys. Um, I, I don't know that – I think, you know, the, the latest commitment, Scotty Middleton is a really good player, talented kid. Um, I like him. Um, he's a good player. I think Devin Royal's a really good player. Yep. So they've, they've got some talent. They've got some freshman guards who on their little trip, they went down to – I don't know where they went, Caribbean or something, and played some games. Their freshman guards looked really good too. And so young freshman guys played well. So um, he's doing, he does a great job recruiting. Now at the end of the day, they run into the same thing that, uh, you know, a lot of teams run into. You have to mix your young talent with veteran presence. Can you, and keep them healthy and put that roster together. And it's hard, you know, I mean, you know, and I look at them and the past few years where they, they're going to sign 22 and 23, they're going to sign like 10 or 11 guys that kind of eliminates them from a lot of transfer portal option too. So Illinois, on the other hand, you know, you look at their guys, you know, somebody talks about recruiting, oh, they're not getting five stars. Would you rather have any of those guys or Terrence Shannon or Matthew Meyer? I, I would take Shannon and Meyer over any of the guy that they brought in this year. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean they're not good. So there, it's a different world. So we have to kind of take all that stuff into account when we're making these uh, prognications or, prognostications that this is a great class or whatever yeah i've, I've never prognicated in my life but prognostication <laughs> but i will uh i, I, will had, say... I was chewing on a pizza i was chewing <laughs> on a pizza hey Katie, no using my excuses um you know the bottom line is is i really look at at this and i've got one of my, my the people i work with is a huge ohio state booster and he told me he goes Basketball is extremely important to me from the day after the national championship in football until spring ball starts. And that's all basketball is, is a, is a place keeper for a few months. And so I I wonder, you know, if I was a player, I'd want to have fans that are a little more invested in me than that, you know, and God forbid, even Indiana, where they're at least psycho about their basketball team, would be a place I would go to over Ohio State because Ohio State fans just that's why that's why if you don't get out of the first weekend, nobody really cared anyway, because they're talking about spring football. 
It's a good point. Very good point. That's a look around the Big Ten here on the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. Stay with us. We'll talk recruiting on the Illinois side. Um, big blow to the football program this week uh, in terms of a decommitment, but also uh, some positive news ahead for basketball. And um, <laughs> one parent who absolutely loves Brad Underwood in the Illini program. We'll tell you about all that next on the Sports Spectacular. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Oh, big a lot, I guys. Welcome to the newest station in our network, WGEM in Quincy, 105.1 and 98.9. So glad to have you guys as our partner in Western Illinois. And by the way, you should know it's around this time each week that we go west. And I don't mean the 80s pop band Go West, although love them. Uh, don't look down. Uh, grab your 10-gallon hats and lassos. Time now for Ked's recruiting roundup. Kedrick Prince, he is the director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. Ken, let's start football. And um, boy, earlier this week, a, a, a big decommitment from the class of 2023. This is one you and Matt Stevens kind of talked about earlier this summer that you were you were weren't going to celebrate until he actually signed his NLI. And it turns out he's going to open his re, his reopen his recruitment. Well, uh, you're the master of cliches, so I, I want everybody in the state and the country who's listening at this to know that we should all tip our hat to you, <laughs> for one. But honestly, uh, I can tell you, I Matt and I talked about it, and Matt felt that he had too many other opportunities where he could have went somewhere else, and the, he just didn't feel solid with the commitment. But what's tough is losing a kid like that. Uh, from Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky, uh, who had offers from everybody. And I wrote about it in my column for Illini guys. This kid was a three-star, but he easily could have been a four or five just based on talent alone. And, you know, arguably he was the best player in the class. That's how good he is. And, you know, I don't know uh, Bielema's philosophy, but I think once they lose a kid, because they want kids to commit, make sure kids are, you know, sure that they commit, I don't know how hard they're going to go after him again, but that's a big loss to the program and, and the entire class of 23. He's just a big specimen with a lot of talent. I mean, people know that he has NFL potential because he's such a big guy. Yeah, I think it hurts. I, it's a position it's hard to fill, too. You know, I mean, it's an important position. Illinois hasn't maybe recruited that position. They've had a bunch of decommitments from that position. 
that's kind of interesting when you think about it. So um, I, I, I think it hurts, but the good thing is it's early and they've got some time, hopefully win some games this fall. And then you find a guy maybe who's just as good who decommits from somewhere else, or you get a coaching change, something like that. Still a long way to signing day, right? Yeah. And also the transfer port. I don't, you know, with today's world the way it is, Brad, you know, it's, it's things right now if you're in, into recruiting rankings, but at the end of the day, if they could find somebody who's a proven guy and maybe who's been around and maybe in a program like Georgia where Luke, uh, Luke Ford was from and didn't get, you know, had to come home. So there's a lot of possibilities out there, just things because that happens a lot in football. And, and let's be fair before we move on to, to basketball. Uh, the reverse happened in Illinois last weekend. Uh, Zachary Toby decommits the defensive back, decommits from North Carolina, which has a very solid recruiting program up there in Chapel Hill. Um, and then jumps into Illinois and Jones joins his high school teammate, both from Ocoee, Florida. Um, so that was a really big news in terms of uh, a kid who's going to really has got that kind of great speed that you see um, out of Southern schools and he's coming to Champaign. So uh, you lose one, but you also gain one in, in the same fashion. That's the way football is. You don't see a lot of that in basketball, but football, that's the one thing about recruiting with football I'm not a fan of. These kids decommit and then change their mind. Some come back. I know Lovey Smith couldn't stand it. We know he wasn't a college football guy, but that part of it, he did not like at all. Seems like there was a lot of parts he didn't like at all. Um, <laughs> showing up. Showing up was definitely a problem. Let me count on those. Uh, shoot, yeah, let me count the ways. Um, uh, Imani Hansberry. Now, a lot of folks who follow the Illini guys, subscribe to the Illini guys, are aware of this uh, player. And obviously, six foot eight, two hundred twenty-five pound uh, forward who is uh, in twenty twenty-three. The the full court press has been put on him by the Illinois coaches. Do we think that's had any effect on uh, this player? I'll tell you what. I don't know. Brad, you and I have been at this since the early 1900s. I don't know of a time when I've seen a coaching staff put that much effort into a kid, all of them. At one point at the EYBL, they were all there. You know, and I know Coach Anderson went to Chicago to the Under Armour event that, uh, a couple of days after, afterwards, but they – that kid, he fully is aware. He understands that how important he is uh, to the University of Illinois, to the fans. I know his family visited. I know they liked it. But he is, you know, Brad and I, when we went to um, Riverside, I know Coach uh, Underwood told us there's not a lot of talent in the class and a lot of coaches at the D1 level talk about it. And he is one that's just a difference maker. And if Illinois can land him being a high school kid, I think it's huge because the transfer portal is, is big and Brad Underwood's going to use that. But if you can land a kid like that from Baltimore, Maryland, and it's also a feather and a half for Chester Frazier too, I think. Yeah, they're looking at, you know, I talked to Brad uh, the other day a little bit and he, he said, you know, they're not going to take their, although they do have a class of like five freshmen this year, that's not going to be the norm moving forward where they're going to have, that many freshmen coming in because of the transfer portal. You want to get your your studs. You're going to really focus on a few guys. And Hansberry's the guy in this class. He's a he was first team all EYBL, which means he was one of the top five players in the EYBL this summer. Which and he was he was fantastic. He put up numbers every game. And Illinois is in a really good spot with him. And you know they're three and four deep. Um, at every game, you know, throughout the past, you know, uh, the month of July. 
Hansbury could be the next uh, big man um, for the Illini class of 2023. We'll see what happens. Hey, uh, a kid class of 2025, Ken, I know you've got a piece. You already did a piece for IlliniGuys.com last weekend. You've got a Q&A coming up here in a couple of days with Trey McKinney, the shooting guard um, out of Michigan. Tell us about him. You said this is a kid who really likes Illinois a lot. He likes Illinois a lot, and I think his dad could move to Champaign, you know, two years ago if he could. That that, that <laughs> family, his dad's name is John. He is the biggest, I mean, Brad Underwood fan. I'm, we're going to have to call Coach Underwood's wife to make sure she has another room put in the house for him because he's ready to move in. He, I've talked to him, and this guy, Brad can do nothing wrong. And, I mean, from a player standpoint, development, what he did with Io, uh, and on his visit. I mean, everything that they showed him, and this wasn't even a, an official visit. He just, and he loved the, uh, he loved the State Farm Center. And the one thing I'll say real quick is that Brad showed him a number, a bunch of statistics as far as the teams that run in the Big Ten versus the SEC and ACC. So having said that, Brad's, what he's done, he's proved it to people. So now he doesn't have to sell that anymore. That's big. Hey, Kev, before we let you go, you were mentioning in, in the break about something about a fishing tournament. What, what's going on? Yeah, how cool is that? Uh, me and Luke Goody, we're, we're going to do a fishing tournament together. I'm probably going to have to go to Indiana for it, but I, he saw his Snapchat story. I saw his Snapchat story. He saw mine, and um, I bought my uh, boat in Indiana, and we started talking, and we're going to do a tournament together. It's probably going to be sometime before they go to Vegas. Just kidding. But, no, we are going to do a tournament together. We'll have a lot of pictures, a lot of information for the fans. So I heard he's pretty good, though. Wow. All right, keep us posted. By the way, you guys should know Kedrick Prince, when he's not recruiting, talking to, to players or, or, or whispering to moms, <laughs> he's on a boat fishing. This guy, every time I call, he's, 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 either, he's either on the water and I've interrupted him or he's putting his boat in the water or he's on his way to the lake or the river or whatever. So the guy's always out there. Hey, hey Ken, we got to let you go. Appreciate the knowledge. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. All right, Kedrick Prince, Director of Recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. More from Coach Underwood on summer workouts and his latest commit, incoming freshman big man Zachary Perrin in his eye-popping play at the FIBA European Championships. That's up next on the Sports Spectacular. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. This is Brad Underwood. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. If you plan to be in Champaign the night before the Illini take on Wyoming in the season opener here in a couple of weeks, come hang out with us. The Illini guys pre pregame party at Guido's in downtown Champaign 
food and drink included in your ticket. You can get details at IlliniGuys.com. It's football now, basketball in about three months. And right now, more from Coach Underwood talking about the play of 6'11 big man Zachary Perrin, who put together one of the best individual resumes in playing for France at this month's FIBA European Championships. You know, you see a guy that, that um, is doing it on the highest stage. That event is, is filled with pros and future NBA prospects, and uh, you're seeing him do it in an uh, ultra-competitive environment. Now, some of their games have been, in their, in their, in their pool play, have been blowouts. Um, but it's still the best in the world. And, uh, you know, they've, they've, teams are very talented. He's surrounded himself with very good players. I love seeing that because when he gets to this level, he's going to be around other guys who are, who are pros. And, um, you know, I think he had a sequence two games ago where he had four straight assists. They ran offense through him in short rolls. All those things translate. So, uh, he's been, um, you know, he's been chasing balls on the glass. All those things are things that that translate to this level. So you know, you start doing that at six ten, six eleven, and, and and you get some positive things in, in front of it for us. How beneficial are these uh, workouts from a recruiting standpoint? You can bring in a kid and show him your style sure, of play. Sure. You know, and I again, we're we're going an hour or less every day, so it's not the full boat in terms of uh, what they would see in practice, but. Uh, you know, August 1st, we were, we were able to bring young guys in and, and we brought some, some unofficials in and uh, for them to have the opportunity to, to uh, um, meet our guys and see how hard we work and see how we talk and, and what our, what our uh, process is here. And we talk a lot about that and uh, they can start to see how the work then gets translated in, into development and uh, that success then is, is seen on the court. So. Uh, yeah, the more people we can get on campus, uh, the better. And uh, we'll obviously hope to have a very active fall in that area, getting young guys on campus. Myself, just not to label guys. The only way I want to label guys is, is maybe who they can and cannot guard. But on the offensive side, uh, you know, we've had RJ just in as many ball screens as we've had uh, Jaden Epps, or, and we, we put Coleman in, in different positions, and, and Coleman has been a facilitator. So. Um, we've looked at a lot of different things on that side and, uh, and really playing positionless, trying to play the matchups. Um, you know, on the defensive side, being able to do a lot of different things with, with switching and, and other things that we haven't been able to do. So, uh, yeah, I like, I like the concept of uh, a whole bunch of wings that are a little bit different, can do a lot of different things themselves with, with their skill sets. On that note, do you envision a team that in the box score would be much more distributed in terms of points, rebound assists, and all that, as opposed to what you had in Iowa Kofi? Yeah, you know, I think I think you always play to um, I think you always play to your 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 strengths. There's no doubt. Obviously, Kofi uh, was was a dominant piece with a matchup, no matter who he had, and you know, within five feet of the rim. I think you know we put Iowa in 75, 76 percent of our ball screens. And knowing he was going to facilitate, make the right, right decisions, and that will, will there'll be some level of that. Uh, I think there always is. I think you want to get your, your best players in their best and most comfortable positions to try to score. And uh, and yet, uh, uh, I'm all in favor of five, six, seven guys in double figures. I think that's, 
that's the ultimate sign of a great team. Just given that you guys are going to play differently, is there a new terminology for your five returners to learn, or is there carryover so it's not like starting relatively fresh no, with them? There's enough carryover in what we're trying to do, and um, yet it's it's um, we actually spent some time last summer doing some five out stuff and and not knowing if we had Kofi back. So it's not the first time they've totally seen it, but but to this level, um, yeah. And I mean, we're using some some different uh, techniques, which are all new, which are new to everybody. But but playing basketball is playing basketball, and Coleman understands, and RJ and Luke and those guys are all all pretty comfortable with what we're doing. Dean Danger is kind of a mystery man to the fans. What what can they expect uh, from him? Yeah, he's a unique player. I, you know, Dane's got a skill set that is allows him to handle it. He's uh, for a big guy. He's extremely quick twitch. Uh, he's his his length is uh, extraordinary, uh, but he's uh, he's very very good right hand left hand around the basket. Uh, he's got great quickness. He's uh, uh, he's a guy that um, takes up space. Um, with a dribble as well as anybody I've seen because he's, a, he's got great handles. He's, you know, he can go between his legs and do that. And, in, and then uh, I think his best attributes is passing. And uh, you know, he's a guy that can play in short roles or play in different positions and then make the right read and hit guys, um, you know, reading, reading tags and where the help comes from. So I'm excited about him. He's a, he's a playmaker on the officer ship. He had a really good tournament. I know it's disappointing that they didn't win, uh, but they did qualify for uh, the next uh, next event, and they stayed in the um, top division. And uh, I think it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, fits in because Perrin is a guy. You know, you have Dane Danger, who Underwood talked about there, and his versatility. Perrin is very similar. He's a little bit taller, not quite as thick and, and strong, but. They're both guys who are skilled in the sense they're skilled with ball skills. They can pass, they can dribble, they can they can make reads, they can short roll off ball screens. They can do. There's so many little things that they can do that take away some of the switching, some of the the trapping that the teams have done on ball screens in Illinois and been effective. So it's going to be a lot different than it was with Kofi. They're not guys you just throw it, dump it into the post and hope they you know let them bully their way to the basket. So. I'm really excited to see how they use in all these versatile guys. And Coleman Hawkins is another one that's going to play some minutes at the five as well. Yeah. Perrin makes things really hard to predict because he's not playing against, you know, um, five-star guys in the U S but he is playing against men in part of his, his games. And so it, there's going to be some stuff that he's, he's used to that may surprise um, opponents. And I, I, I'm having a real hard time trying to figure out, you know, by the time the end of the season, is he going to be a guy that nobody thought was going to be a factor who is a big factor, or is he going to be an investment into next year? And I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, which way this goes, but he, he's got a lot of skills. What's a lot of fun is when you think about it, you've got you've got Danger, you've got Perrin, you've got Hawkins, as Sturdy just mentioned, can also play the five. That that's a, and then of course you've got Brandon Lee, as you mentioned, has come on and, and the junior nobody's really talks about, but who is at the point now, Brad, you mentioned in earlier shows that the coaching staff feels can come in and give you a few minutes a game where they weren't at that comfort level before. That's a lot of versatility and and it's a it's a lot of skill. I just watched the Illinois Michigan game again, the one at Michigan this year. Um, and, and watch where Kobe had, or Kobe, Kofi had a nice game. Um, 
but again, it was all back to the basket. It was all certain moves and, and, and he outplayed Hunter Dickinson because I mean, he's his daddy. We know that. Um, but now you, like you said, it, it just changes so much in terms of you can bring, you know, if, if Hawkins at the five or parents at the five, you know, I've seen a video of parent, he can now step out of that 18 foot range and opens up the middle. And now you've got that driving lane that we've been waiting to see. Yeah, no question. And, and then the thing with what parent can do and, and, and danger as well. And Coleman, you come out, close out too hard. It's a shot fake. They're by you and they're in the, in the paint and then they can make a read um, off that, or they can score. If there's help, they, they, they can kick it because they have passing ability. So I, I know that there's so many good things that he did over there. And that's why Perrin is a kid that NBA scouts love in the, in two years down the road. I mean, he's got to be two years in college because of his age, because he's so young. He just turned 18 um, like this week, I think. So it's, he's really young. But at the same time, he's a kid who uh, he, they have a lot of they, – they like his potential because he's switchable, one through five. That, that's just what they want in the NBA now, and, and that's what they're looking for, and, and that's what Underwood would like to play more like. Yeah, and he's going to present, you know, like you said, uh, you're going to get to see Hunter Dick Dickinson play out on the perimeter and see if he can guard guys who can put the ball on the deck. Um, and his odds are better than – when Kofi would just pick him up in one hand and cuddle him while he was dunking on him <laughs> with the other. So, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I finally figured out what was going on. I think Kofi was burping him. I think that's what was going on <laughs> because it was like a little baby, you know, Erp. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Dunk. And, um, but I do think that as we look at it, now we're going to see a whole new role from, from Hunter. And I'm sure he's going to be so excited to play a Kofi less Illinois. But when you get out, get out on the court and you get these guys with a, a more varied skill set, it may not be that much easier for him. Maybe a little less embarrassing, but not much easier. But not, yeah, because now you've got a guy who's 6'11", 7 foot, who can come out and guard you on the perimeter, yeah. which, is, which is where you like to live as well. You're exactly right. So, yeah, I, I think Brad mentioned that, you know, it kind of reminds you a bit of Paul Gasol. Not that we're trying to say Perrin is – you know, a hall of fame talent, but in terms of a European player with a skill set at six eleven, can put the ball in the deck with either hand and, and has good footwork. I mean, you know, I mean, I, that's the thing is that he's, he has all those intangibles. Now, can he put it together? That's the question. The fun thing is we get to watch him try to put it together in champagne, wearing orange and blue. Put that date on your calendar, Larry, on, on the weekend of August 12th, Larry predicted the parent would be in the hall of fame. See, that's where you get in trouble. People like you. <laughs> we'll check back in with football and Coach Bielham after this. You're listening. Don't listen to him. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. <laughs> You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Be sure to stop by IlliniGuys.com every day for the post-practice interviews done by Illini players and coaches are right there on the front page under the multimedia column. It's all free of charge, no charge to you at all. And you can go into the archives for past interviews as well as podcasts and even past episodes of our Sports Spectacular radio show, all right there for your convenience. We promise a bit more from Brett Bielema after Monday's first scrimmage of the preseason. He's talking about some recruiting and an interesting revelation about the limits imposed on each program when it comes to practice, uh, I think that in recruiting, 
Uh, it's been my experience. You have coaches that are ambidextrous, right? They can okay. literally go everywhere and anywhere. Sure. And, and Geo is kind of one of those guys. I got him in Florida now, having in Indianapolis, but also if we have a, a player that we feel he's going to you know, fit in well in that environment, I'm not afraid to send him to uh, Jersey or, or Chicago. Geo's just kind of one of those guys. Yeah, and absolutely, Geo's from the West Coast, so uh, that definitely makes sense. We were talking with uh, John Newton, and he had some good things to say about Calvin especially his stamina and mm-hmm. his ability to go a full series. Have yeah. you seen that from him? I have. You know, I've been excited about Calvin. And, uh, I've been trying to, you know, and he's been battling through some, uh, he was one of the other guys had the little stomach bug. So he, he uh, I think, has been going through it. Um, he looks as good as he's looked since I've been here. He's really done a great job of controlling. And I, I'm excited about Calvin because I know I've known Calvin for a long time. I remember him in high school. I, I remember the ability that he had. I could see it when we came here. He's a very, very dynamic, powerful, explosive player. Uh, from gap to gap, and, and uh, I, I hope he really puts himself in a position to have a great year because it helps everybody. I have a two-part question yeah. about your return philosophy. Like, mm-hmm. How do you balance the risk of injury with guys like Isaiah and Sean and Josh versus just fair catching it and going it? And yeah. When do you know when to be aggressive on, on some of those returns versus just getting the offense out? Well, you know, so great question, and then it's already probably twofold, right? So punt return is a little bit different animal, right? Because punt return, you don't have the automatic uh, uh, yardage marks and all that stuff, or kickoff return, there's a game element to it because, you know, one of the few times in my coaching career to have every coach say that they'll take the ball in a 25-yard line offense and defense when they change that rule, right? That That's a huge factor in it. So now you got a green light if you want to, you know, return the ball because you can spot the ball in a 25-yard line offensively wherever you want it. And defensively, you know, if, if we can put that ball back and they know that they're going to start on 25, not 35, most defensive coordinators would take that spot. But I think last year, Kick return wise, really didn't feel great about our return scheme. I think Sean uh, and, and, and his background, his experiences, and the people that we have in our program now is, is changed the way we'll look at kickoff return. And then punt return, uh, for sure, Isaiah back there, but also, you know, um, uh, Cody Case is a pretty dynamic vertical guy. Um, Hank Beatty, actually, even though he didn't return punts uh, at Rochester, has been pretty special coming out of the gate. Um, uh, Taz Nicholson, uh, uh, Ashton Hollins, uh, Pat Bryant, we got some guys vertically in the kickoff return game. So I, I'm excited to see where that can go. To, to your point about injury, that really, I don't let the, like, you can get hurt on any play, right? Um, I get the question, right? I actually get more worried about in kickoff return and punt return to guys that are blocking because they get rolled up from behind. Have you changed how you schedule or structure a training camp during your Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, there's. What's the big change? Well, for for us, we get you know X number of practices before Wyoming. Um, of those practices, only a certain amount can be scrimmages. Only a certain amount. There's only eight padded days before we play Wyoming. Eight, right? And so there's literally never one point during the course of training camp where we play two back-to-back padded full full padded days, uh, which is absolutely crazy. Used to, I used to my first year, and I don't know how many years it lasted, five six years. We would practice in the morning in full pads, and then I would usually try to go to half pads in the afternoon, but it was an option. And so if a guy didn't do what I thought he was supposed to be doing, I would put him in full pads for the second practice as well. Um, didn't make me very popular, but we went 12-1, right? So I think the thing that you have to do is be able to adjust to the rules. And uh, I think our guys, they like the fluidity that we do, um, but also uh, I'm very, very proactive of explaining why we do certain things. I, I literally canceled meetings on them this afternoon. I knew I was going to do it a week ago, uh, but I didn't tell them to today because really wanted to maximize. We got off field at 1 o'clock. I didn't want to turn around and meet at 4 and not have all of our coaches watch all the film, grade it, and meet. So we're not going to bring them over until 6.30 tonight is our first meeting. So we gave them two and a half hours of free time. You would have thought I gave them a new car. Like, they were all excited. Um, 
So I think proactively to do that is good good measure. On the structure of today, on the structure of today, how much did you do full field? How much did you do red zone? Uh, first half like? was a controlled, but it was out in the field. So we went first and ten. We moved the ball for ten yards. So okay. it was like P and ten from the 30, 40, 50, minus plus forty. Sure. We did uh, twelve plays of that, and then we did a first down play, second down out in the field, and we did a, a third down out in the field, and then. Um, did some kicking, and then we came back and we did move the ball, which ended up down in the red area, and then we did the last half inside the 35. So we really did everything. I think in this first scrimmage, you try to, you know, touch bases on every aspect of the field, and then, um, you know, next Monday will be a little bit more game real situation. We went full headsets today, offensive, defensive coaches, just because I think defense, I wasn't only worried about offense, but because of the tempo, right, the factor, there's a lot of things going into it. Okay. That's Brett Bielema, head coach of the Fighting Illini football team, working towards opening day on the 27th versus Wyoming. The Illini guy, Dalia McKenzie, joins us next. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are. Wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. There was kind of the unwritten leaders last year with, with Trent, with Devontae. We always had a Last couple of years, we've had a veteran group throw I.O. in the year before, and Andres Felice, and and um, so now you've got to you've got to establish those leaders, and those leaders have to establish that they want to be a leader. Um, so you know, we'll see what that looks like. I think it's uh, uh, multiple guys are capable, uh, but you've got two of your most experienced players uh, are new, and so we'll, we'll continue to to build on those fronts. But I, it's been phenomenal. Uh, this team's chemistry, they get along, they're, they're very, very close. Their interactions have all been uh, really exciting to be around. Brad Underwood talking about the leadership on this year's team. Sturdy, who do you think steps up into that role this year? I think it's going to be interesting. I think uh, two guys come to mind. I think Terrence Shannon, obviously, because he's a veteran and he's been through the wars. And um, then, But I also think the guy who could do it is Coleman Hawkins. Uh, Coleman is a kid who uh, has that ability to be a leader um, if because he's such a passionate kid, uh, if he can control his emotions a little bit, too. I mean, like that maturity, I think that he's developed. So um, I like I like those two guys to be the guys who could step up and be in a, into a leadership role this year. Yeah, I, I think you, you look at Terrence Shannon. He fits the profile. Uh, Matt Meyer fits the profile. The guy that I'm wondering and we don't hear a lot of freshmen leading, but does Ty Rogers lead by example enough that by the end of the season, it becomes his team. Um, he doesn't have that. Uh, well, he may, I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm not saying he's like a magic Johnson, you know, back in the day, but there are those young players who just have that enthusiasm and we'll, I'm really interested to see is, is he one of those types? Well, and, and you're right. And I think to your point, what you both are saying is you have more than one candidate to be the alpha. And, and it's been a while since, since an Illinois basketball team has had multiple alphas on there. And part of it too may be who stays healthy. 
health may be a part of this in terms of determining you're right. Second part of the season, who steps up into that role? Uh, you know, she is at least one of the leaders of the women's basketball team. The Illini gal, Adelia McKenzie, checking in with us now here in the Sports Spectacular. Hey, Adelia, uh, good to talk to you as always. A lot of transition with your team as well. How has that gone here over the summer uh, with a change of, of coaching staff and, of course, changes in the roster in terms of players stepping up and taking charge uh, on your team? Uh, I would say it was a lot of change, but a lot of good change. Um, in the beginning of the summer, I would say it was, I don't want to say awkward, but everyone was new and everyone didn't know each other well. So we had to work on building those relationships on and off the court. But that changed as well. I think everybody stepped up in a leadership role, whether it's by example or like being a vocal leader. And I think that our leadership is one of the biggest changes that I've seen. Adelia, I have to say, I, I got to see on inst I got to see on Instagram some boxing matches. Does that is that was that how you're you're fighting for leadership? Were you like fighting to see who gets to be the, the at the top of the heap? Is that how it works? Oh, uh, but if it did, I'll win. <laughs> <laughs> I've no yeah. doubt, no doubt. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. Now, did you guys? We also, you know, uh, we saw that the the boxing. Um, did you learn anything about any of your teammates when that, when you guys did that? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll learn who has a good stance and who doesn't. Or who... <laughs> <laughs> who can take a punch. Yeah. And it's firing too. So shows that stamina. Yeah. Boxing, <clears throat> boxing is a great, great workout. And you're right. It's in terms of just kind of, I, I would think getting a, feel for the personality of people in, in a unique way. Um, how important is it on, on a team to establish kind of that hierarchy of, of having a leader, of having a voice um, to, to lead you? It's so important to have a leader because a leader sets the, sets the example, but also makes sure other people are following that example. Um, also like coaches are our leaders, like for the players, but I think it's, more important to have a player that's a leader so everyone can like know the standard and I think it brings the team together more because they know who to look to and other people can learn from other leaders so yeah Adelia you have you have a we, we often talk about Adam Fletcher uh the men's strength and conditioning coach well you have the other his his better half right Kylie Fletcher, who is his wife, is your women's strength and conditioning coach. And um, Kylie always tells me, she's like, it's fun being strong. And it is fun being strong, but the fun, there's no fun part in like the hard lifts. <laughs> but I would say like our strength and conditioning coach, Kylie, she is amazing. I've had a lot of change like in my body and also strength, like with bench press and trap bar. Like my max for trap bar deadlift is. 365 and I cannot do that a year ago wow that's that's amazing now have you learned are you have you learned how to use that strength on the court too yes yes I'll say a lot of our lifts and like conditioning is really helpful for the court I can see it go on the court like I'm jumping higher uh my endurance is way better I'm not breathing like a Dog. 
<laughs> yeah, but I see the strength on the court and a lot of M1s, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. By the way, Adelia, Brad and I should clear this up. We were not giggling at you. We were laughing, thinking, oh, Mike could never do that. <laughs> well, I can never do what? Yes. Now, this is coming from the guy. Look how pretty Larry's yeah. face is. That man's talking boxing. He has never had anything touch that face. Oh, it's pristine. oh. all contraire, mon frere. You should do boxing workouts twice a week. And, and did be, anybody hit back though, or were you just punching a bag? I was just punching a bag. Well, right? yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> in See, college, I, the I bag always boxing. hit Mike back. That's well, right. I was going to say, in college, we would go he into the speed bag. We would go in and, and spar in, in the boxing room at SIU. And after about three or four sessions of that, I'm like, okay, let's just hit the heavy bag because the part where they hit you back is not very it's fun. It's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've got too much money invested in this face. So <laughs> too many years ago until retirement. Adelia, uh, she's a pretty one of the group. We'll, we will say, we'll sign off right there. Adelia, always good to talk with you. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. You guys too. All right. Adelia McKenzie, she's the Illini gal, one of the leaders of the Illini women's basketball team. Also getting started here in about three months. We cannot wait. Go there and pack the house and support this team with their first year coach, Shauna Green, excited for all the things to come with women's basketball as Adelia leading the way for the Fighting Illini. Uh, this is a Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. Attention travelers. Next Tuesday, a major hurricane will cause complete chaos throughout the city. Food, water, and phone service will be in short supply. There will likely be panic citywide. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Disasters don't plan ahead. You can. Talk to your loved ones about how you're going to be ready in an emergency. Don't wait. Communicate. Right back here on the Sports Spectacular. And, uh, you know, let's, let's take one moment here. Um, as, as Kegley mentioned in the break, she was every guy's first crush. Uh, Olivia Newton-John um, passing away this week at the age of 73. Sandy. Yeah, boy. I mean, you, she was, she was just what a, what a beautiful lady and, um, you know, always carried herself with uh, a lot of class and you can see that in the responses from people in Hollywood, but man, she was just that, that when I was a young kid, that was like, that was a girl. You watch Greece, right? Just to watch Sandy. Right. I mean, that was the whole thing. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Couple may have yeah. had a music video that's pretty cool, right? Wasn't it? Did you have a music video? Physical. It's like, let's get physical. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I, I got to be honest with you. 
even like in high school when we're all listening to ACDC, Van Halen, and Def Leppard, you know, like you'd be in the car and if there was nobody else in the car and Olivia Newton-John song came on, you'd sing along with it, you know, if you were by yourself. But, um, you know, she was just one that everybody, just eternally cute. And I couldn't believe she was 73. I thought she was like maybe five or six years older than than we were. You know, you, you, your kid, you don't understand that. We, and, we. Yeah, we. We. Yes, because you're in the same you, age neighborhood. You. But I, I'll tell you what, when, when she was 73, I, I was like, oh, my gosh. But like eternally cute. Yeah. Yeah. Brad's the kid of the group. Remember that he's the, he's the baby, but no, you're right. Yes. And, and she battled, uh, you know, breast cancer, you know, for, for, you know, yeah. for 30 years, I think even more than that possibly, but um, uh, what a wonderful talent. And um, uh, we'll always re- remember her. Another talent loss recently, Bill Russell at age 89. We've talked before that, you know, usually, you know, really tall men don't live to be getting their eighties, but Bill Russell, 89. And not only all the, the championships, of course, uh, with the Boston Celtics, but what an impact he made socially as well and speaking out in so many different areas uh, again a voice um, that we will miss in our society yeah bill russell one of the one of the all-time greats in the nba and you know so many titles he's just a winner um you go back to his ncaa tournament ncaa days as well but just and also like you mentioned just a guy who carried himself with class and everyone respected him you know he was just a guy who was he was that guy and so just a, a shame to see um you know it, it's, it happens but you know you're always sad when you see a guy like him pass yeah i i would have loved to have been able to sit down with him and and just talk to him about especially during the civil rights uh, movement when he was with Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, and Lou Alcindor, who we know as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And it would have been just just to ask him, like, f- four phenomenal athletic talents, what did you guys talk about when you were just sitting there? It, it would have been great to be a fly on the wall to, to kind of do that. And, and I don't like to plug other stuff, but Bill Simmons – has a podcast where he talks about spending two days interviewing Bill Russell in like 2014 or something. And it was a very moving podcast just as what type of, of gentleman that, that Bill Russell was. And um, you know, he's a giant for more than just as amazing as his athletic career is, he may have done more outside of that than than even that that incredible career so what a loss and um you know condolences out to the family um but but again just a great guy i will share with you my one bill russell a couple of times i got a chance to talk with him but the best ever was in rick patino's final season as coach of the celtics um he invited me to play down in his celebrity golf tournament in tampa and of course patino he had limousines taking us everywhere well after we play at this private course i hop in my limousine and who is there but russell and john havlicek and they're having this conversation back and forth. They're kind of going the dozens. And I asked Honda, I said, give me your best Russell story as a coach. And he talked about there was one time that somebody hid his sneakers. So he said, well, he was a player coach at the time, Russell. He said, well, if I don't have any shoes, we can't practice. You guys are just going to run. So he said, you know, these guys are running. They're throwing up. I mean, it's just, it's, it's nasty. But Havichick said, he goes, you know, I was just a country boy. Running didn't bother me. I just kept running. And Russell said, yeah, and that bleeped me off too that you kept running so by the way they finally <laughs> found the shoes and went on but 
when news came that that Russ had moved on and had transitioned at age 89, this is the first thing I thought about is have a check up there saying, I've got your shoes, got your shoes for you. <laughs> hey, with that note, we've got to say goodbye. Once again, two hours uh, goes by way too fast. Thanks, everyone who joined us for this. Hope you have a great weekend. Illini versus Wyoming coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks. Illini soccer starts this coming week versus Illinois State. Uh, the season is here. School year is here. and We're glad you're here with us as well. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you back here at the same place, same time and station. For all the guys, go Illini. I-L-L. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.